This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Suyuno Amos. I'm Kenji Cataldo. Today we're sharing our last episode from this year's grant cycle. Our guest today is Antipua Case from Mauna Kea Education and Awareness. Mauna Kea Education and Awareness is one of our first Noke Mau or multi-year grantees. Always working to raise awareness about Mauna Kea and all sacred places, Mauna Kea Education and Awareness is constantly producing educational materials and art to sustain the momentum behind the movement to protect Mauna Kea. Look for episode 23 to find our first conversation with Mauna Kea Education and Awareness from 2021. In today's episode, we hear updates from some of their more recent work. Here's our conversation with Antipua Case from December 2nd, 2022. Before we hit record, we had asked Antipua if she would also share a few thoughts on the Mauna Loa eruption, which had started earlier that week, and she jumped right into it. We all have our, our hopes, dreams, opinions, uh, experience, expertise. And so I keep my thoughts regarding Mauna Loa really just from my own family to my own family. So I woke up early in the morning uh, of the day of the eruption and I woke up to a photo being sent to me at about 2 a.m. or so with just a picture of Mauna Loa. And uh, that was the first indication. And I looked out my window from Waimea and I saw the red glow in the sky. And immediately my family jumped in the car, Kapule, Kalani and I, and we headed out just uh, as far as we could go to the Waikoloa Junction so that we could begin our protocol. Uh, we could say our first prayer, we could extend our first chant, we could make that connection, and we could truly begin that process of honoring and paying tribute and just being in that moment of our stories come alive and everything you ever learned is right in front of your eyes and you just behold, it's revealed. And the next morning I drove out to face Mauna Kea. And as I posted on Instagram, which I'm very careful about what I post, of course, about anything, uh, but posting that I saw running across the front of Mauna Kea and Mauna Loa, one single lay of clouds and of course, we have a chant that we were given permission to do by the Beamer from the Beamer collection that says the Mauna wears the most magnificent lay there is, the, the longest lay, the most brilliant lay, and that is the lay of clouds. And that morning, I saw something that was a ho'ailona, a sign for me, that uh, they were wearing the same lay, and I know there's all those old stories about Pele, Poliahu, the elements, and, you know, how they did battle, how they were on opposite sides. But uh, for me, um, I see them as unified, just as we are. 
we are all unifying. And I see them, that sign for me was, Pua, don't forget we wear the same lei. We are one in, in our efforts, in the work that needs to be done, in what is ahead of us. We are in union. And that's just what, what I believe and my family. And that's the way I forward in this with the knowing that they work as, as one unit, as we do uh, for the most part. So when people ask me, which they have been, um, can we go up? Uh, should we go up? If we don't have protocols, what do we do? Um, I say, first of all, I'm not the gatekeeper for Mauna Kea, and I'm not the gatekeeper for the flow of Mauna Loa either. And I'm very thankful for the respect of asking me my opinion, perhaps, or even permission. But um, but who who's to say who can and who cannot, who should and shouldn't? So what I say is, if you go, be mindful. If you go, follow the same protocols that we did on the Mauna, Kapua Aloha, know your place. If you're from somewhere else, don't pretend that you know what you don't know. Be, be in full respect, but I would never, um, me personally, I only make the decision for my ohana. We went up, we danced there because that is the way in Halau for me that you do that. Um, my daughter Havani and her friends went, uh, her sisters, her comrades went up and gave Ava and their offerings and their Leo. I mean, there's all the different ways that we've been trained for if we are, we are in that school of training. And then there's the everyday practices. Like I said on Instagram yesterday, I asked my niece, did you go? And she said, no, I did my protocol from up Kohala Mountain. I no need go. That's good, too. You know, it's what your heart says to do. I do know that for our young ones, I would say if you can get your young ones up there, and I'm talking about our native Hawaiian young ones, the connection that they will make to the flow and to their stories and to their lineage, which gives them permission to know that Pele lives either as an elemental being or as a goddess or as your tutu, that Pele lives is going to stay with you forever. And it might even determine if you stand for something by what you see. So if that connection can be made with our youth, our native youth, because they went and witnessed the flow or because their parents gave them teachings about it from home or from there, this is the moment to establish or deepen that relationship to she who we know as either Tutupele or Pele the goddess, or Pele the Akua, or the elemental being, however your family embraces and, and responds and recognizes, this is that moment to make that relationship pa'a. And it will guide, it will help to determine what you do, maybe not tomorrow, but down the line for your lahui. So 
I say, however that manifests for you, whether you feel the need to be there, whether you can do your connections from afar, but this is a time to do that. And mahalo for sharing that, Antipua. Um, I wonder if you have any thoughts about the the timing. I, I know I've seen a lot of people commenting on how, it'll, you know, for Laku Okoa, um, having this this really powerful moment of connection. And if you have any thoughts about that timing. Oh, I always love perfect timing. And whenever we can connect something auspicious with something miraculous, I say more the powerful for us. If that's what gets us to the next level, if that's what inspires and encourages us, if that's what validates or gives us hope, then let's make those connections. So I was on the top of the pu'u, pu'uluhulu, on Lakuokoa, I had ceremony up there. My family was up on the Mauna, helping to raise the flags as we usually do every year with Kuching. And because he was in, the, he's in the hospital, um, he wasn't able to be there. But we promised we would anyway. So everybody who usually uh, takes part in that and his family. Uh, went up to raise the flag. So for me, Laku Okoa is all about having the highest flags in the world on that day. Uh, that to me is Laku Okoa, when we fly the highest flags in the world, no doubt. And to have um, Pele grace us in that way to, as I said, that is for me, not just a validation, but you know, this work is, is hard. And this work is all-consuming if you are in the everyday of being all-consumed by it, whether it be for Mauna Kea or Red Hill or any number of issues that we have to stand for, fight for, struggle through, hopefully celebrate at the end. But the work is, is hard and, and it is everyday and it is all consuming. And sometimes you don't see enough uh, victories. Sometimes you just keep plugging away. So whenever something like this occurs, whether it be these moments, these established events that we count on to get us to the next event and to get us through the next thing, coupled with something that the earth and the spirit world from the mountain to the sea will provide for us and say, you are not alone. We have not forgotten. We can hear your prayers. We see your dances. We know the work that you all are doing. And we are here to say, you are not alone. And we will always be here. And anytime in any way that that occurs, I think our Lahui just rises up in a way that we wouldn't be able to if it didn't occur. So it adds to our heartbeat. It adds to the drumbeat. It adds to the uplift. And, and we can move forward saying, yes, we are all in this together. And we don't only mean the humans at this point. Antipua, could you share with us now maybe um, what is really important for people to know today at this point about Mauna Kea and the status of Mauna Kea? 
First thing I would say is Mauna Kea is, is protected. Mauna Kea has been safeguarded. There has been no advancing, no building of the TMT since 2009 when the first thought went out to build. That is our ongoing revelation that we are standing for something porno. But that doesn't mean that we can stop looking over our shoulder. In fact, for me, the work is just as important, just as significant as it has always been. Because what I would say to everyone is they are determined to build. They are determined to build. Therefore, we have to be ever more committed to protecting the Mauna from the building of the TMT or really anything else. But we have made a commitment to not allow for 18 stories, and that is our collective commitment. Anything else is up to, you know, up to the individual. But on the Allah, three times a day, we made a commitment, those of us who were there and those of us who committed through social media or from afar or a one-time visit, however you committed, if you did, we are still living in that commitment. All those prayers, all those pledges, all those dances, all those chants are still on that roadway and have every day for three times a day in that nine-month period lifted above the mountain. All of those who dwell in that vawakua, they remember that. So because we are not on the mauna, it's actually for me even more challenging because now we go back from frontline action, which is all of those things, that encampment and that life and being visible and being there. And now we go back to the everyday work of how many court cases are we going to put ourselves through, which for my family will be at least three. And also, how are we going to address all those board meetings, the legislative session, Board of Regents meetings in California. I mean, that's the work. How are we going to stay visible? How are we going to be present? How are we going to remind them every day that we are still here? We have not surrendered. We have not disappeared. I mean, that's the work of any issue. But for Mauna Kea, because it has been the unifier, because it has been the sealant, because it has been so visible, and many different peoples are counting on us. They're counting on Mauna Kea to be the one place where they are not able to be successful in destroying, desecrating, or constructing on our sacred mountain. And the world is still looking at that. So is there pressure about that? Sure, you could look at it in that way, but also, how privileged are we that the world is still looking our way? And when we need their support, I truly believe they will be right there. But don't think for a moment that this is a done deal and they're not planning to build. So to me, I'm more vigilant than ever because when things go quiet, 
that's when planning is taking place on all levels on the other side. And so we cannot be discouraged. We can't be complacent. We have to at least be makaukau. We have to be preparing and to be ready for whatever that means. Last resort, back to the mauna. That's not our first, that's not the first step. That's the last step. It always has been. We went years before we had to go up there, and I hope we'll go years and not have to do that again. I hope that we, if we have to do it for someone else, we do it for someone else. But let's stop this right down in our community so we don't have to take it back to the Mauna. Although I know people miss that life, and I realize that and I understand that. But let's stop it in its tracks downside if we can. And I believe that for sure we can. Antipua, are there any updates on um, any of Manukau Education Awareness's um, projects or initiatives? I know you always have a lot of things going oh, on, gosh. but any any updates yeah. you'd like to share? <laughs> Uh, we surely do. And and we also, our website is getting better and better. So people can really go there and see what we're doing and take a view as to um, how, we're, how we're staying visible. So Mauna Kea Education and Awareness really was formed as a result of the proposed project of the TMT. And we felt that we would be the one organization that would remain visible every day for Mauna Kea, which, you know, when you say something like that, then you have to deliver. And what does that mean to be visible every day? It means you do everything in every way that you can to make sure that you are. So instruction in schools is has always been by far our number one priority. And when I say schools, I mean any kind of school from kindergarten to college and institutions and organizations, but instruction is still our number one training, workshops, gathering, ceremonies. So uh, what we're really excited about, we'll go with what we're really excited about and working on right now. Uh, we just opened our ninth installment or exhibit for Kukulu uh, in Santa Cruz, California. So what I mean by that is Mauna Kea Education and Awareness has sponsored eight exhibits here in the islands uh, on Hawaii Island on Oahu. And we really want to have, we really want to offer it to the other islands as well. And what Kukulu is, is a decision in your community to pay tribute to the pillars who stood for Mauna Kea. And then from that as a pico, any other issue that you're standing for, any other place you're standing for, any other Hawaiian cultural thing you're standing for with Mauna Kea as, as the pico. So we've had eight exhibits. Our present one is in Kohala, as you folks know, in five locations there. But in meeting with the students who really do the work in California and go to those Board of Regents meeting, it was just a natural uh, response to their hard work to say, hey, did you folks ever think about hosting a Kukulu exhibit in your area? 
So we went from saying, yes, we'll do one in Santa Cruz to one being planned in Santa Barbara in March and then one in a San Francisco, Oakland area as we um, tie in with the Run for Salmon prayer journey of the Winnemum Wintu to return the salmon to their rivers. So that's three exhibits in California, like boom, boom, boom. They said, yes, we'll do it. And it went from one to three. And then in October of next year in New, New York in conjunction with uh, Indigenous Peoples Day. But bringing it back, we would love to offer an exhibit in, in the other islands. And when I say offer, I mean that we help to sponsor it. We help to pay for it. We help to guide it, but it's really up to the community on how it's sh the shape of it and how they create and facilitate, organize. But we are there every step of the way because, like I said, we've done eight of them already. So that's really exciting for us. Why? Because it gathers people. It keeps Mauna Kea centrally focused. And most of all, it pays tribute and recognizes the work of the Kia'i, the Kako'o, the supporters, the protectors who have stood for something larger than themselves. And we want to say, we see you and we know the work that you're doing and we want to recognize you and we want to inspire you and keep you activated and encourage you. That's why this is important. You know, it's it's so much more than let's put some photos in a gallery space. It's about really saying you have done for Hawaii and for the Mauna what we never thought we could accomplish. And in return, we want to say thank you and we want to say we honor you. And so um, that's one of the things we're doing. And an update on a music project. We're just about finished with the last selection that will be going on our EP or CD. I'm not sure yet. Depends on the time involved and, and what, it, what it becomes at the end. But that's also called Kukulu, a tribute to the Pillars of Mauna Kea. And it will give you a glimpse back into the aha on the ala. And it will also gift you with some new music from those who stood on the ala, who composed on the ala, who came home and wrote something. So we're really, really excited about that. And I'm so honored that Sunny Lim and Sean Pimentel, when I contacted them, said, Pua, we got you. We, we can do this and we want to do this and we want to bring back the music of the Mauna to the forefront. So we're looking at uh, bringing that out, uh, I think in January is uh, what we're looking at right now. But that's something else we're just so excited about. And then our film, our short film, Standing Above the Clouds, we're actively editing and we should be done editing by January for a release in June. So that will give you, um, I think a little over an hour. And I, I do want to talk a little bit about, about this film. If you've watched our short version of it, it's a 15 minute film. It's a glimpse into the lives of three families of women who have stood in the contested case hearings, in the community, 
up on the Mauna, actually wherever we could, we made a stand. And it's 15 minutes of just giving you a glimpse into our lives. So when we actually came down from the Mauna and started uh, filming and editing what we were going to film uh, or include, I should say, what we were going to include in the film, there were some real challenges that we faced when we came down the Mauna, illness, um, just sickness, um, even death, you know, just, just so much challenge. And we had to decide how much to to include in the film in an hour's worth of time. Um, we One, we wanted to put in as much realness into the film. Like this is what really happens to mothers and daughters and to families when you stand for something. When you stand on the front line, when you're at home, when you're in the community, this is how it impacts us. Uh, this is how we go down on our knees. This is how we crawl to courage again. And this is how we finally stand up. So in one hour, a little over one hour, we're going to give you a little bit of that, enough of that, that we can say that this is a true story of what not just we go through, but many women and daughters and families who stand. Um, it's not glamorous. It's it's great. The feeling of being in camaraderie and unity is what we need. But it's also challenging and it's hard sick and sometimes it's brutal and it's very difficult. And And we wanted to say that this is what we want to show you. So I included, uh, I think, a little bit too much when uh, when we actually put it into a, a cut, not the final cut, but when I watched my own road when I came home and how sick I got and um, all the challenges I went through, I actually went through PTSD and I got all the symptoms of my illness back again. I mean, I had been getting better, better, better. I watched the film and I went straight back into where I was before I got well. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't do this. I can't watch this film at 100 film festivals. I can't watch it out in all the communities. And every time I watch it, have a PTSD episode and get sick again. And that really made us come together and say, what will the impact be of our film on others who have stood? We don't want to trigger that for them either. It's a fine line. It's a fine line with how much you share that you share just enough and then you bring everybody out. And you say, yeah, this is where we fell down. And this is what happened to us. But don't worry, we're here. We're okay. And and we, we got better. And we hope we didn't take you to a place where you relive something and it took you there. And you walked out of the theater and you said, oh, my head hurts. That's how I used to feel. So, I mean, it, it's it's amazing how that works. And so we we totally redid our film. We went back to the drawing board and we said, how do we think this is going to impact a mother or a daughter or a father or a brother? So let's look at every frame 
with that thought in mind. And let's not create a challenge and, and a hardship for people from watching the film. Let's make sure we end in a manner that is true. So for two of us, um, our recovery really uh, came to fruition at the NSF meetings at the National Science Foundation meeting. That was the first time I came out in almost three years after being ill. And that was true for another one of um, the mothers in the film who came out as well at the Kona meeting after going through tremendous hardship. And so um, the ending of our film in the credits will show the NSF meeting. And thank goodness for that, because it made me get better. It made me say, am I strong enough to get back out there again? Because if I don't, they might say, where's poor case? Did she give up? Did she surrender? Did she disappear? And I had to say, um, I'm well enough to be able to make sure they know that I'm still here. So what a film, the, the impact of a film, I guess, is what I'm trying to say for Mauna Kea or anything else. You have to be really responsible when you're dealing with a collective situation where there's been trauma and hardship and maybe no victory for others. And so they get stuck somewhere in there. And so we've been really, really carefully editing our film to make sure that it be something that pulls you up to the heights of the Mauna at the end. And, and we really want to do a beautiful a job of making sure we uplift you at the end of the film and you just paikalima and alele vale and yes, you know, we're in this. So even as we do the work that we do, um, one, we don't forget, even though we're Mauna Kea, that we are tied to every other issue that happens on the Pai Aina for, totally. So we're going to support everyone that's standing for a place or a life way, um, we're going to do that. We're going to jump in and we're going to say, what can we do to help? And we're going to make sure that we're involved. That's for sure. Um, and then we look beyond ourselves to our network of those who stand beyond us on the continent, in the Pacific, everywhere and we're going to support what we can there so I guess you could say we're just totally busy you know we're always busy but we're not busy bodies we're busy and we know our place and we don't overstep and we are mindful and we are in Kapu Aloha but trust me we are we are fierce in our Kapu Aloha and we will do whatever it takes to protect Mauna Kea and to support the protection of those who are standing in their own Pono way for what they hold dear. Um, so we are doing that. And um, well, one more thing I want to mention is uh, we are also creating and working on a film called From the Slopes of Mauna Kea because we want to bring a different insight to connecting to the Mauna straight from those who have lived and worked on the slopes because we all have our connection, right? We all have a reason why we stand for Mauna Kea and what that's done for us and how we then stand for wherever and whatever else we stand for.
So we wanted to bring it back to the core, at least of Waimea, and feature four elders who have lived and worked on the slopes of Mauna Kea for literally their whole lives, and look at the way that they they think about, they feel about the Mauna, that special connection where they actually feel that the mountain is a family member and how they, they treat it and how they speak about it and the emotion tied to the mountain is something that we want to offer people. Like this is from the Kupa Oka'aina. This is from the natives who have lived on this land, broke their bones on this land if they're cowboys, got fed from this land if they worked on the ranch. This is what the mountain taught them. And this is the way they view the Mauna. And this is their connection and why it inspires the rest of us to stand, to stand. So um, we're, we'll be uh, finished with that film by the end of the year as well and offer that mostly, I think, to schools to say, if you need a film to go back to the heart of Mauna Kea and, and how special it is to the people of that place, of the plains of Pu'ukapu Waimea, here's something you can show. And if it inspires your students to interview their own elders or a community to take a project on where they're going to start really interviewing the people, we do that all the time. But I'm talking about interviewing the people and the place that we stand for and bring it back to that. Uh, then, then we hope that it does that for some communities as well. But it's going to be our humble offering from the slopes of Mauna Kea, how we feel about our Mauna. So there's no lack of things that we're doing, I guess you could say. It's um, so Im important, I think, the way that with all of the creative projects that you're working on, how much careful consideration and intention you're bringing to your audience in all of these projects. And, um, you know, even with uh, the Kukulu exhibits, you mentioned um, having this intention of trying to keep people activated. So I'm wondering um, if you have any thoughts about how in, in their daily lives, you know, folks can continue their engagement with Mauna Kea or grow their engagement. You know, that's always been the challenge. I remember being up on the mountain and at least once a day on the microphone, we would say, one day you're going to go back home. And one day you're going to go down the mountain and you're going to go into the store and you're going to see somebody else who was up on the mountain and you're going to run and hug each other and you're going to cry and you're going to say, I miss being on the mountain and I miss that feeling. And we tried to, for lack of a better word, warn people that this is what happens when we're all gathered together and we're in a collective purpose and you feel that energy and we're working as a unit, it's so much easier in a way because you have the momentum going and you know what to do. Somebody's telling you what to do for the next step and how we're going to stand for the Mauna or for wherever, but you're getting direction on the daily. And so there's something to that that just belongs right up there. 
And then when you come down, you look around and you're like, oh, okay, what now? So I have to go back to the simple things because really, if you're not part of the movement that is going to attend those meetings, write those testimonies, send in those letters, then you're looking at little things along the way. So what we hope is that people maintain a connection enough that when the call outs come, that you do participate. And I'm not talking about the call up to come back on the Mauna. I'm talking about the call out that goes out on social media that says, can you sign this petition? Every single person on, in our whole Paiaina should have signed the petition to Gordon and Betty Moore that said no construction on Mauna Kea. We're so close to 500,000. I would say basic, you signed that petition, you've done one thing. When the call out comes, and it will, especially for the legislative session, that you be there to heed the call and follow the direction of the people that you trust. I always say that. There's many call outs that go out for all kinds of things. Think about it before you participate. Is this something that your heart is saying is pono to you to participate in? Are those leaders that you trust? Is that a movement that you believe in? And if it is, then do something more than you did yesterday. Whether it is write that letter, which a lot of people don't feel comfortable with. That's why we have form builders. So now it's a little bit easier. But if that's not even something that resonates with you and you don't have to do that either, then how about just being visible on a Wednesday? Mauna Kea, where Wednesday? Where are you? Where are you? If we could just be visible on one day of the week. I've been wearing Mauna Kea since 2013 every single day because I promised I would. That's me because I'm like that. And then you say, oh, wow, you know, look what I asked for and look what I promised. And now I'm stuck in it, you know. So I'm so glad I have this necklace because now I can wear Mauna Kea every day. And I actually can use a different shirt that doesn't say Mauna Kea, you know, because I can still say, no, I'm wearing the Mauna because I take it really seriously. Once we are not visible, it's as if we're not here. And I don't know how often I, I can say that to people. I've seen movements come and go. And they go, where'd they go? They were just here. And isn't that construction still proposed? So if nothing else, sign the petition, wear your Mauna shirt or whatever on Mauna Kea Wear Wednesday. It's not that hard to do. We all have a collection of them. When the call outs come in your community, it doesn't have to be for Mauna Kea. Mauna Kea has inspired many of us to stand in our own homelands. So what is happening in your own home ground? Is it Red Hill? Is it something somewhere else? But start to be more visible for your community based on 
your stance for Mauna Kea. If you can stand for Mauna Kea, you can stand for everything that's right around you. So, you know, you have to do that. Support us when we have our court cases. If you can get off of work and we have a court case, be there. You don't have to say anything. If there's an NSF community meeting and you don't feel like you can testify, then just be there to support. There's so many ways just to be there to support. Because not everybody is meant to be the speaker. Not everybody is meant to be at the forefront. But everybody can be the support crew. Everybody can be the warrior and the protector that stands in the masses. And everybody can support what's happening in their community that is similar to what's happening to Mauna Kea. And we all have an issue in every community. Because if you don't, let me know. Because I want to know where that is. Because what I do know is every large community, every district has something that they have to address and something that they need to stand for and some cultural right and tradition that is being threatened, some vahipana that is being proposed a construction over. We know that. So Mauna Kea might not even be on your moku. What's on your moku? And again, even as I say all this, I don't tell anybody what to do because that just gets everybody into trouble. You know, what I say is what I do for my own family. I don't put a guilt trip on anybody. I don't say you should be. You should be standing. You should be doing. I'll never do that. That is for the individual to decide what they're going to do, if they're going to do something. But what I can say is that if you do, if you do, you will never be the same. If you do, your keiki will look up to you if you're a parent and they'll be proud of you. And if you do, trust me, the land and the water knows it. And the kupuna are looking down and they're proud of you. And the elemental beings will come out and assure you that we are not standing alone. If you do, all of that is right there for you. But that is up to each person to make that decision on what it is that they are going to do. Because life is hard in our families. We have challenges in our homes, all kinds of challenges. So... Again, I'm going to say, if you do, life embraces you when you do that. But from Mauna Kea Education and Awareness, we're not going to make any, 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 any statement like that, that anyone should do anything. That's how mindful we are. <laughs> because we have to be, we're dealing with a lahui. We're dealing with a lahui that has so much on our plate, so much on our plate. Our heart has to lead us into what it is that we're capable and able to get involved in and stand for. I'm just really proud that majority of us felt that Mauna Kea was that one. Mahalo Auntie Pua for that message and, and for these updates. 
that's um, a really great note to end on. Unless, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today, Antipua? I mean, I'm good if you guys go- are good. I'm just really thankful always to, especially Hawaii People's Fund and, and all the others who believe in us. So, you know, I'm, I'm just always grateful. If not for all our funders, there's no way we can do this work. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me and me with additional support from Mickey. Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. A big thank you to our community supporters and to you, our audience, for listening. Ahui ho!